chapter 27, verse 29. When they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And you can read the rest of this whenever you get time this afternoon. But I thought about that crown. And they, this was the king of kings. This was the, the person that should have had the best and the brightest crown. And yet man chose to crown him with thorns. His crown was one that was made in mockery. They made a mockery of him. They put him to shame. And yet he went to Calvary anyway. He wore that crown. And he suffered and he bled and he died. So that you and I could be crowned with life. So that you and I could be crowned with glory. Another scripture over in Hebrews says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? You've crowned him with glory and made him a little lower than the angels and set under dominion everything that's on the earth. What's man? Who are we? That the king of kings would wear a crown of thorns and bleed and die for us. That we would be crowned with life that we would be crowned with glory. Another one of the scriptures says that <clears throat> it talks about how that when they take you to jail, it says you'd suffer for a certain number of days and that you'd be crowned with life. Another scripture says, if you suffer with him, you shall also reign with him. And I'm not interested in a crown that's got rubies or, or diamonds or anything like that. And any, I, I'm just glad to be wearing the crown that he crowned me with when I said, Jesus, please save me. When he crowned me with life and he said, you're saved through my blood and through my love and through my grace. That's the only one I'm ever interested in wearing. And, and anything that we would, we would be crowned with, we're not deserving of anyway. We should just be willing to lay it down at Jesus' feet and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for redeeming me so that I don't have to die and go to hell. And we're blessed beyond measure today to have a Savior, to have a King that's interested in us, a King that's the King of kings, and yet He makes time for the likes of you and me so that we could be redeemed, so that we could have a, a Savior that loves us and cares for us. And so <clears throat> they crowned Him with a crown of thorns, and they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand and they bowed the knee before him and they mocked him. And there's people still mocking him today. Did you know that? They say we don't have time for Jesus. They say we don't have time for that religious stuff, for the church things and things of that nature. They'll make time. Because one day time will be no more. All the plans they've ever made will vanish in a blink of an eye and they'll stand before the king of kings. And uh, the clouds will roll back and the Bible says uh, that <clears throat> he'll appear and every eye shall see him, even the one that pierced him in the side 
We'll see the King of Kings. And we used to sing a song, they'll never crown Jesus till I get there. He is the King. Whether I want to acknowledge it, whether I want to say he's deserving of a crown, or whether I say he don't, he's still the King. And he's still in control, and he's still in charge, and he's still on the throne, and he's almighty, all power, omnipotent. He can do whatever he wants to do. He can cause our heart to beat one more beat or a thousand, or he can cause our lungs to fill with air, or we'll never draw another breath if he wishes it so. But he is the king, and he wears the crown. And I'm here to tell you today that, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he's king of kings and lord of lords to the glory of God the Father. Aren't you glad we're serving the king? And so uh, I read where Paul said this one time to the Philippians. He said, you're my crown and my joy. I've done very little in my life. And some of it I hope never sees the light of day. But what little bit I've been able to accomplish right here, you're my crown. If I had a moment to point to in my life that I was proud of, and I've done nothing, John, but the Lord's done everything. But if I had a moment that I could be proud of in my life, it would be this right here to be with you and to be your preacher and to worship with you and to love you and to see our people saved together. That's the best part of my life. And that's what I want the people to know. That's what people I want people to see. I want them to see Jesus. I want to be able to shine for them and point them, point them toward the king so that they can see him. They may have put a crown of thorns on his head, but he's still the king of kings. Alright. They planted. Now isn't that something? You think of the time. And I'm sure they had tools of some sort. Some of your are maintenance and things of that nature. And you have special tools for special occasions. I'm sure whatever tools. And I know Dennis is a, is a mechanic. He works on cars and has special tools for special things. That does exhaust systems and things like that. But I'm sure they had some kind of crude rudimentary tool that they used to take them thorns and to wrap them around one after the other. I took their time to make a crown that would inflict pain on this man that was hung on the cross of Calvary. They took their time to make sure that it was cruel, that it would draw the blood. So when they forced it down on his head, the blood would roll down the side of his cheek and drop to the ground. That blood was shed for me. That blood was shed for you. Thanks be to God he was willing to work. If I believe the Bible said if he desired so, he could call a legion of angels and they would come and bring him down. But he was willing to wear that crown so that I could call him king. Oh, folks. Men will work in this day and age, and I'll be done in just a second. We'll go home. You can eat you something and go to the funeral home in just a few minutes. Men will work in this day and age to be called the best at something, to be crowned, I guess you'd say, the best. The best in the tire industry. The best 
in the TV industry, they'll work and work and work to be called the best, to be crowned the best of something. They're working for what the Bible calls a corruptible crown. Let's strive for the incorruptible. The paper up here at Newport every once in a while, they'll put out a, 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 a paper that says the best of the best. And they'll recognize this business for being the best in this industry or this business for being the best in this industry. But some people may think that whoever made that decision, their judgment might have been biased because they knew that person or have had a relative that worked there or whatever. It might, they might have thought that was a corruptible coronation. One, and we've read in history about men that used their power to become kings and people thought that that was a corruptible coronation. It wasn't true. It wasn't to the one who deserved it. It wasn't to the one who should have been king. I'm looking for the incorruptible coronation. I'm looking toward that one that's truly deserving to be the king because he died for you and me. Because he shed his blood when we were hell bound. He said, wait, I'll go, I'll shed my blood. That boy needs redemption and I'll shed my blood so that his sin can be paid for so he don't have to die lost and undone and spend an eternity in hell. The king, his blood paid the price for you and I so that he could be my king and your king and he's the rightful king because he paid the price for all our sins. We teach our kids to show respect, don't we? That's the way I was raised. When the adults are talking, Renee, that's how I was raised. When the adults are talking, you keep your mouth shut. For some strange reason, my parents believed that adults knew more than I did. And so I kept my mouth shut. We teach our children to show respect to those. To, and we're, we tell them to respect their elders, don't we? And yet how many disrespect the King of Kings? How many use his name in vain? How many... Their name is on the church preacher. You need to stop right there. This is far enough. It's getting late in the day and we've got other things to do. How many names are on the church book roll that they've not darkened the door of the church in years? They're disrespecting the king. They've never made an appearance at his house. Now listen, 
If you love somebody, my folks live about a mile and a half that way, just across Walters Bridge, first road on the right, little white house on the right, and I profess love toward them. And you know what I do? I pick up the phone, or you can ask my wife. I go down there about every day because I love them. I know of folks whose names are old church book rolls. They've never in years made an issue, tried their best to get to the Lord, the king's house, tried their best to stand in the presence of the king. I'm telling you today, you disrespected him if you've not made an effort to try to get to him, to feel his presence, to feel his spirit in your life. He is the king of kings. And all humanity will look at him one day. Preacher, I want to see Jesus. You will. He'll come back in the clouds and you'll stand before him. And the ones that believe on him, they'll say we've been faithful over a few things. He'll say you've been faithful. Enter in to the joys of the Lord. And to those that have disrespected him, that have disowned him, that have never acknowledged him as their king, he'll say depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Would you agree with me that it is a terrible thing to be disowned, a terrible thing to be shunned, a terrible thing to be sent, to be penalized, to be sent down for punishment by the king? You know what the king said would happen to those? That they would be cast into outer darkness where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Some kings are tyrants. Some kings make it hard on their subjects. I can read about a king named Rehoboam. Megan was talking with me about scripture about that not long ago. His, his congregation, his people went before him. And they said, if you'll make our load lighter, we'll serve you the rest of our days. But Rehoboam wasn't interested in his people. He was more interested in his reputation. And he said... My father's loins will be as my little finger. In other words, I'm going to make life harder than you ever thought it could be. And you know what his people did? They revolted. They left him. Ten of the twelve tribes of Israel were torn away from him. Some kings are like that. The king I serve loves me. The king I serve provides for me. The king I serve supplies my every need. The king I serve made a way for me when there wasn't a way. The king I serve always is with me. He said he'd never leave me. What about that? 
Somebody that's a king would take the time to, to always be with me and you. What a privilege that that is. The king I serve, oh, he might have been crowned with thorns, but he is the king of kings. He said he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. He'd go with us always, even to the end of the world. Aren't you glad to be serving the king? Let me say this and I'll close. The song we used to sing, and it's in the Bible. I can read you the scripture if you'd like for me to. One of the verses says they'll come from every nation, every tribe of God's creation. And I like this part. Of the multitudes that gather, there's no doubt. I may be the least among them, but I'll be there to see the king. I'll be there to see him wear his crown. I'll be there. Folks, it's not about, and I believe, if you're Baptist, you are to believe Baptist ways. Whatever you believe, that's how you are to worship. But I'm here to tell you today, if you're depending on being a Baptist to go to heaven, you're going to get a good surprise. And it won't be good. It'll be bad. If you're depending on being a church of God to go to heaven, you're going to be surprised. If you're depending on being a Presbyterian or a Methodist, you're going to be surprised. It's just the key. We're, how about this? We're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. Only one family will get to go. It won't be denomination. It won't be strange. It won't be costume. It won't be old. It'll be God's family. That's who gets to go. It'll be part of the bloodline. The blood that was shed at Calvary that flows over my soul. That's who's going. That's who gets to go there. Who's, who is related to the king. They may have crowned him with thorns. Men say they'll be trying to place thorns on his head today. I'll still worship the king. I'll still call him my king. I'll still. We read about David and Saul. You all know the story of David and Saul in the Old Testament. And how the Lord sent Samuel down Saul came to Samuel Samuel anointed him and you know how Saul disappointed the Lord how he disobeyed him and so the Lord sent Samuel down to anoint David to be king you can read all about their, the relationship between Saul and, and David between the time Saul died and David became the actual king there was a lot that went on right there but there were a few that were loyal to Saul even after that Samuel had anointed David to be king, wouldn't there? The world may not think much of my king. The world may disown him. The world may say there's nothing to that Jesus stuff. The world may say you're wasting your time. I'll still worship and praise the king. 
It don't matter what the world, the world, listen, they've got us out there, Bernardo, that the Bible says that there's, that the enter in at the straight gate, that there's few there be that go in there, and I'm glad I may just barely squeeze in, but I still get to go because I belong to the King. The crown that he wore might have been made out of thorns, but he's still the king. They may have pierced him in the side. They may have smote him about the head with the reed. They may have bruised him. They may have beaten his body until he was a bloody, gory mess. They may have heard him Say the words, it is finished. And as Greg Ward preached to you last fall, more in that than I could ever get out. They may have heard him utter those words, it is finished. They may have seen him bow his head and give up the ghost. They may have even been among the soldiers that took down the cross, that prized the nails. Somebody had to do it, didn't they? Somebody had to prize the nails from his hands and from his feet. Somebody had to wrap that body and prepare it the way the Jews was to bury. Somebody had to carry that body down to the old empty tomb and lay it in there. Some soldiers had to get behind that stone and roll it up to that door. Some of those soldiers, I'm sure, sealed that stone against the rock so that no man could enter and no man could get out what they thought wasn't it oh but he's not in there the stone was rolled away and my king came forth oh grave where is thy victory oh death where is thy sting the sting of uh, sin is death and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be unto God that gives us the victory through Christ Jesus Brenda, are you serving the king? Your king may be some football hero. Your king may be some politician. The preacher don't get into that. Your king better be the one that wore the crown of thorns. Your king better be the one that suffered on Calvary. Or you'll be in for a rude awakening one day. Let me say this. Politics won't make our country better. But taking time out to pray to the king that wore the thorns will. Republicans, Democrats won't make our country better. But getting back on the altar and saying, God help me. God help me to be a better Christian. Help me, Lord, to be a better husband. Help me, Lord, to be a better father. Help me, Lord, to be a better friend. Help me, Lord, to be a better worker. Help me, Lord, to be a 
to be a better church member. Help me, Lord, to be a better citizen. Help me, Lord, to be better, better, better. I know you suffered for me. Help me to be better and represent you. If we do that, you'd see a real change in the USA. Pride keeps us from being there. If we just break it down and do what we need to do and ask the Lord, start. And we hear that they use the same old stuff every four years. They want to talk about draining the swamp. The problem in White Pine, Tennessee, 3020 Oliver Street, is not with what goes on in Washington. It's with the people that live there. If I want to change what happens at 3020 Oliver Street, I've got to start with me. Because I live there. I need to draw closer to the one that wore the thorns. That makes me better. Let me relate this promise to you. Draw nine to me and I will. Draw nine to you. That's what the Lord said. Preacher, that's a wonderful story about the crucifixion. It's not a story. It's historical fact. That's a wonderful Easter story about the tomb being empty. It's not a story. It's still empty. There's not a body in there. The Bible itself said where never a man was lain. And there's not one in there now. He lives. The man they put the thorns on lives. He's at the right hand of the Father looking down on this sinner and making intercession saying, Father, forgive. You know what he said on the cross while they were making mockery of him? You know what he said on the cross while they were piercing him in the side? You know what he said on the cross when they smote their breast and said, we've done it, we've got him, we've conquered him? He said, Father, he's doing the same thing he's doing for you and I right now. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know what he did to the one that laid that crown of thorn. I don't believe they laid it on there, Jason. I believe they forced it down until they saw the blood start pouring. You know what Jesus had to say about that man? Forgive them for they know not what they do. We're so ignorant we don't know what we're doing. And all we've got is a man that wore a crown of thorns and that's who we have to plead for mercy. Don't call me ignorant. The beginning of fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I believe it's what the Bible says, ain't it? The more we fear Him, the smarter we get. <laughs> the man who wore the crown of thorns became a king of kings. Is he your king? Is he yours? Have you called on him? That's the message. I hope that you are praying for Karen and Eric and Kim and that family. 
I hope you'll go by the funeral home and pay your respects. If there's something you can do to help them in some way, you reach out to them and you do that.